Welcome to the Leong Chair Podcast. In today's episode, Sydney and I talk about life after university and transitioning to full-time work. We discuss how we began our careers, the idea of loving what you do, and time management. This was a fun one for us, so sit back, and as always, we hope that this episode can be interesting and beneficial for you. Oh my! Welcome to Leong Chia, a podcast to enjoy some figurative tea that may be good for your mind, body, and soul. My name is Sydney, and I'm joined by my co-host, Elam, and today we'll be discussing our transition to full-time work. But before we get into the main topic, how have you been this week, Elam? Uh, it's been a good week. It's been a really good week. The weeks are kind of just blurring by, to be honest. But today it just got announced uh, that we'll be going to level two in two days. So I oh, am yeah. very excited for that. I've already teed up a little basketball session with the boys on Thursday afternoon. So 10 or less. So it'll be some probably three teams of three. So that's going to be a good time. Also, just been watching a drama with Joe, Nirvana and Fire oh, yeah. 2. So we watched the first one like ages ago, and that's probably like my all-time best Asian drama because it's like real good. Oh, Asian so, drama even. Highly so recommend. Japanese drama, Korean drama, Hong Kong drama. I haven't watched <laughs> that much drama, to be honest, but it's really good. And the second right. one started off way slower. So we actually tried to watch it back then, and then we gave up. And then this time we watched it again, and we almost gave up again. But then there was right. this review that said, like, it ramps up really slow, but once it does, it's really worth it. So in the last two right. days, it's ramped up. And, um, yeah, I got hit with the mad feels there right before this podcast. So I'm still kind of in my feels a little bit. It's still buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, how about yourself? Uh, yeah, excited for level two. Not sure how volleyball is going to work out at the moment. I think I just need to temper my expectations and my hype right now. Because one thing to do to make sure you're not disappointed is to not buy new shoes right before lockdown because I bought new shoes like new basketball shoes and I was really keen to like try them out so I used them once <laughs> and then lockdown and then I was like no I just want to play oh yeah true I mean to be fair I took advantage of the it seemed like Nike was doing a sale because I think they kind of knew you know lockdown was going to happen or something yeah because it was funny yeah because I remember someone telling me on the weekend it was 20% off so I was like, oh yeah I'll go check it out yeah. So I went on Tuesday and then it was like 30%. And then they were like, oh yeah, the sale is going to end on Wednesday. And then you said you went on Thursday. And it was 40%. And it was, yeah, and it was 40 for And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I picked up a backpack. I was oh, really tempted to get some, yeah, for like 20 bucks. Because I was really tempted to get some shoes. But I already have two pairs of basketball shoes, like fairly new ones for this year that I was going to wear for yeah. like this year's seasons. But then yeah. this, this year's seasons have not been happening. So then they've been <laughs> just sitting oh, right. real near. Oh, I think right. I've only worn my curries like twice. Yeah. Right. Um, so I'm somewhat in the same boat as you, but not quite to the same extent. Yeah. So I don't, I don't even know if they're going to be back. Like, I mean, we can always play outside and stuff, but if we want to play an actual game, no, we might have to wait same, like, two man. weeks you can't or something. Spike, you can't spike it on someone's head outside. I mean, you could, but not really. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's actually a beach. beach um, what's it? It's not a court, is it? That's, that's even more so why you can't spike it on someone's head because you probably can't even take off above the net oh is that a spoiler is that a spoiler for <laughs> <laughs> but anyway so since the last podcast we've received uh, a lot of feedback actually from 
you guys and we really appreciate that we've actually been getting kind of random messages here and there from different listeners telling us what they liked and what we could improve on i don't i don't know what else to say but please keep them coming because yeah it's real crack up like me and said screenshot them to each other and then we're just like oh the feels oh like the hype. <laughs> <laughs> oh momentum building yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean it, i mean yeah. it keeps us going yeah and i think the feedback's been like super important for us as well because this is our first time doing something like this and also seeing what entertains people or like what may be interesting to other people some of the topics, as you guys have already heard in the past episodes, we're, we've already talked about it so much that some of our opinions are so similar. Mm. And it's been good to hear what other people think again and then help us like not become an echo chamber. Yeah, I found, I found that as a really good mental exercise for me personally. I mean, that's why we're also talking about, you know, what we're talking about today, transitioning to work is because, I mean, it's, it's like an all-time high requested topic probably, which is not saying all much. <laughs> It's like dating is like 10 votes and then transition works like what? Like four or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's because they all happen like within a close time to each other. Man, that was a bit fob. Yeah. It was just like within two days, it was like bam, bam, bam. I, and then yep. we're just like, okay, yo, let's do it. But before we get into the topic, quick plug again, in case you didn't listen to the last episode, is we have started up an Instagram page. So it's leongcha.podcast. Sydney's done some sick graphics there and... That's also where if you want to give us feedback or, or message us directly, that's where to go. Or you can hit us up on Facebook individually if you're comfortable doing so as well. So give us a follow. If we get 100 followers, we'll do a uh, giveaway. <laughs> what? <laughs> what's that? What's that? What's, that? what's the giveaway, bro? Well, it has to be Lone Tao, right? But that's a crap giveaway. How about a bubble tea? Bro, I mean, it's like... Who wants to get a, a Lone Tao? Oh, oh, what about Gong Cha? Because it's like Lone Tao. I mean, if you phrase it like gongcha, that sounds yeah. better. Yeah, like a gongcha, but like a nice one. So if we get to 100 followers, we'll do a giveaway. It'll be a <laughs> gongcha of your choice. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, okay, let's just do it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Okay, so let's dive into our main topic. Today, we're looking at our transition to work life because, you know, it's quite different to studying. Your whole life, since you're a kid, you've just been at school and you've been studying. Yeah. But now you're working and it's like, Everything shifts. Like it's You're almost used to like, having to hand in homework and assignments and like have holidays between terms and semesters and stuff. And then once you have yeah. full time work. Yeah, I think it's like the biggest milestone of becoming an adult in a way. Because at uni, it's still kind of like, you know, you live with your parents. You're still yeah, a kid. If you're in, Asian. In a lot of <laughs> if you're yeah. Asian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which, if you throw back to uh, the very first episode, that's uh, I recommend shifting this culture, but another topic for another time. So maybe to kick things off, we can just talk about a brief description of our, um, what our current job is and also our work just, history. Yeah, just how our career has panned out to this stage. You like to start? Yeah, yeah, I guess I'll kick us off. So I was in uni between 2010 and 2013. I graduated after that. So I've been working since November 2013, actually, because uh, fun fact is my internship started mm-hmm. on the day of my last exam. So I actually missed my first day of my internship because I had an exam on that day. And then I went into the induction program one day late, the very next day. Oh, what the heck? So why did they put it at that date? Because it wouldn't have just affected you, right? It would have affected multiple people. Yeah, but it just affected me. <laughs> oh, oh, well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was like the last, I, I had my exam on the last possible day. 
Oh, what was it for like a gen ed paper or something? Man, I don't, I don't even remember. Okay, no well, clue. <laughs> no clue. And that's where I could like my official grad role started in April 2014. I, I needed to earn money some sort of mm-hmm. way, so I thought, oh, I asked them if I could start early. So then what I did was I joined in the summer internship, which is usually for people in their penultimate year. Right. What's if penultimate mean? Penultimate means like second to last, basically. Oh yeah. Okay. So usually people do a summer internship when they have one more year to go in uni. Right. And then that helps them get grad roles and so forth. So I just joined in that summer internship to earn money, and then I just flowed into a grad role. What? But what year were you in? What do you mean? What year was I? I, I grad. I had finished. Like I had finished. Oh, okay. So so people normally join on the penultimate year, but you joined on the ultimate year. Yeah, basically, basically. Okay. And like, okay. I basically started my grad role like a couple months early because right. I was in like a non-vanilla team anyway. So mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't mm-hmm. working with any of the other grads anyway, or right. the other interns. So I studied commerce and science and I majored in finance, statistics and economics. And mm-hmm. I got a grad role at KPMG, which is like a accounting consulting company. And I was quite fortunate to get it. That was... Uh, an accounting world it's kind of like a prestigious firm like a lot of people are trying mm-hmm. to apply for it and then from there i worked there for about four or five years those were good times oh here's a fun fact i was the first graduate because back then I man i don't know if this is too much detail but back then basically um, <laughs> okay. like that particular like the advisory section of kpmg didn't take grads they would just take experienced people and then they started experimenting with taking grads Basically, there's a whole story behind it, but I managed to kind of informally become the first grad. So there was no way to apply for it officially. No, I met like the recruiter at uni and then she put me in Mm -hmm. touch with the partner who ultimately hired me. So you're saying you're a scucks. You're a pioneer. Just a pioneer, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Humble pioneer. Pioneering the uh, advisory grads. So your role at KPMG, like, because yeah. I hear from other people that you go to the big firms to like do your time or do your hours and then you sort of just gap it. Is that kind of the path that you went? Yeah. So I try to do this as concisely as possible, but basically people generally go to big firms of big names too, because yeah. it looks really good on their CV and it like really gives you like a brand on your CV for you to be able to get like a lot of jobs in the future. And then what these companies do or their culture is that because they're giving you that value, they mm-hmm. don't typically pay you that well. And then they also work you really hard. And right. that's like the nature right. of the company. Because I was a pioneer grad <laughs> in like a new team, I could mm-hmm. kind of kind of like set my own culture in a way. Like I didn't have to compete with all these other grads because I was the only one. Mm-hmm. So while the other divisions grads were, they kind of like had to like play politics and all that stuff. Right. I, was, I could just like be on my merry way and set my own, like they had no one to compare right. me against. <laughs> You, tra- you blazed your own trail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So long story short, I worked there for five years. I like to say five years. I think it was like four and a half, but mm-hmm. I rounded up to five because it just sounds better. And then I got, I moved roles to public trust as a business yeah. analyst. And that was like a really random role, but like a recruiter called me about it. And I was at a point where I'd been at one place for five years and I just thought right. like a change would be nice. Resigning for the first time from my first proper job was really weird. It was like a breakup. Right, like right. I was so like my heart was beating so fast when I went because I actually really liked that team as well. Like everyone was super nice. So, yeah, I don't know what that feels like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Sid still had his first job, but um, and I still haven't broken up with anyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, no, humble, humble. True, humble. you actually haven't. Eh? Humble. Oh, oh my, humble. Okay. Well, I don't. I don't know if that's a good thing career-wise, dating-wise for sure. Yeah. 
you know, you never know. I might be one of those like twenty-year veterans that just somehow have like seventeen weeks of paid leave or something <laughs> stored up. <laughs> well, you could be. You could be. You're, you're on track for it. Uh, but basically, I was only at that job for ten months, and there's a kind of a cool story as to how I moved on. One of my colleagues that I met at Public Trust, he moved jobs to ASB, and he was a real cool, real cool guy, and we got along well. And then when a job opening popped up at ASB, he gave me a text and said, "Hey, you should apply for this job because mm-hmm. I think." Like, I think you, it'll be good for you. And it was like a yeah. step up as far as career mm-hmm. was. So yeah. I basically just went for it and managed to get it. Mm-hmm. And that is the role I'm at now. So I am, well, like seven years into my working life. I'm now working in risk, like in the risk space in ASB, which is yep. one of the big four banks in New Zealand, in case you don't know, but you're probably from New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> you're flexing? Bro, you're just uh, flexing to me. Well, I mean, no, it's not, I mean, it's not really flexing. I mean, like... Like there's thousands of people that work for it. That is what it is. No, there's no no flex about it. But it's a really good role and I've been there for a year now. But I guess throughout this whole process, there's been a lot of learnings. I've had to reconcile a lot of things as far as what full-time work means and what this means for my future, for the next 40 years, uh, how this balances out with you know the rest of my life so i guess that's what we'll be mm-hmm. getting into shortly uh what about you mm-hmm. i'm still working at the first job that i got a proper job a full-time job from so i studied architecture at university and in my fourth year they had a university program called open desk and the idea is that they would send out students to two-week internships at different architectural firms and basically they matched you up sort of like tinder on based on what skills you could provide and what skills they wanted as a student, you know, the only real value you can add is your Photoshop skills or your model making skills. Right. Yeah. So then I basically just got my foot into the door and worked at a firm called Bosley Architects. So this firm, the director has won, you know, many awards. Um, he actually won the gold medal in 2012. So yeah, uh, it was a really exciting time to intern for me because I think when was I interning? Like 2014, I think. It just won a big award and, you know, just working in an exciting workplace. Uh, so basically, I interned there a couple of times when I was free. And I think they were excited to have me around. So then basically what ended up happening was after my fifth year, which is my final year, we kind of caught up and discussed like what my sort of direction was, what I wanted to get out of my career. And basically, they offered me a job. So now I've been working there. Um, this is my starting my sixth year. Yeah. And only been time. at this one one workplace. <laughs> well, one, actually, there's a one thing. woman, one workplace, man. Yeah. <laughs> one and done. Now, well, I think. Bro, don't let them hear this. Otherwise, they'll never give you another pay rise, eh? Oh, oh no. <laughs> I, th- I think one thing about architecture, though, is a lot of it is to do with registration as well. True. Because for registration, you have to prepare a case study. So with that case study, you need to go through certain experience areas. So all the way from project initiation, all the way to completion of the building, it takes a long time to be competent enough that your firm will put you onto jobs where you can get good experience in, in um, a wide breadth of areas, yeah. as well as the depth. Because yeah. what, what's the worst thing I have that can happen to an architectural grad is you just constantly placed on different jobs like every other week or every other month right because you don't get to um see like the grow of the job yeah yeah exactly because then you always just have these very specific uh you get inserted into very specific scenarios um, and and it it makes you learning yeah exactly and also you you become pretty much very good at what you are good at so if 
um, say if you're really good at photoshopping and then yeah. suddenly you just get stuck photoshopping for half a year, like right, right, it's right. not good for your development. Cause as a project yeah. architect, you need to like see things through end to end. Yep. Yep. And also you can understand the design challenges and see how they see the knock on effects. Basically there's a lot of knock on effects with right, architecture right. And, and building uh, and building. And then big time, big time Sydney got registered last year. So boom. Yeah. Time to jump boom. jobs. No. <laughs> <laughs> Are you exposing me? No, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm working on a, a house in Waiheke at the moment. And it's pretty exciting times because it's like something that I've taken right from early on. Yeah. So pretty excited to like your baby. You know, see it. Yeah. 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 One thing. One thing I wanted to quickly throw back to as well is I mentioned before the pen ultimate summer, and you yeah. kind of touched on that as well. Is like you worked for Bosley like throughout your uni degree. Yeah. And for me, I mean, I, I actually, I think this applies to a lot of degrees, but yeah, those summer jobs before you graduate are really, really important because those mm. are the things that get put on your CV that you then use that experience to go apply for grad roles. And mm. when I was in uni, I really just cared about playing basketball. And yeah. I remember specifically the conversation, me and Joe were busting home. We were in our third year and then we we're like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, like, I think we need to apply for summer internships this year. Right. And then there was like two weeks left like before the deadline for like all like the major internships. Right. And we were like, Oh my gosh, like we better, <laughs> we better apply. Right. Yeah. So basically I, I went out and I applied for all of them and man, that's anyone listening to this. If you like study commerce, you'll know like that kind of struggle. Cause you just want to spread your net super wide. And then right. so many cover letters, so many like tailored CVs. And then you always need to prepare these answers as to like, why you'd be a perfect fit for them. And then like, why their yeah. culture is exactly what you're looking for. But, basically yeah. you know you're happy with anything you can get yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> but i didn't end up getting any internships that year and it was right. like really really discouraging to me and i was like oh my yeah. gosh like crap like what's this going to mean for my chances to get a grad role and yeah. i ended up taking a door-to-door -door sales job so mm -hmm. i was selling electricity oh yeah that's right i was like driving around <laughs> like going freaking i drove all the way up to walkworth for a week or two yeah to knock every on day doors. right yeah to knock on doors and sell and then the hours were like 10 a.m to like 9 p.m it was like it was it was pretty it was actually yeah, it was a pretty ridiculous. it was a pretty hectic job um and i wanted to quit after a week because i was like nah come on like i'll just go work at Domino's or something like anything is better than this because it's like yeah. it was a hundred percent commission based <laughs> it's like if you get oh, no my. sales on a day, I think I never had a zero day. Like, but if you even get one sale a day, it's like, oh man, like that is a rough day. Eh? Like, yeah, yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty mentally like and emotionally taxing. And it was physically as well because it was friggin' New Zealand summer, and I had to wear pants and like a and a college shirt. Oh yeah, let it all. Oh my. Anyway, um, so not to <laughs> <laughs> not to winch. I mean, why, why I'm sharing this is it's, it was almost like a blessing in the skies. And it's like, a, I feel like it was God's way of humbling me. Right. God is like saying like, yo, like, you're not all that. You can't just mm. cruise through. You have to, like, this is what it looks yeah. like to put in hard yards. I think what that job did was it got me really good at like talking because you have to, you know, stay positive, like meet new people. And then like, you have to, you know, when a door-to-door -door salesperson comes to you, if you ever meet one, generally like you hate them, right? Like you just want them to get out of your life as quick as possible. Yeah. It's like, why are I you here? I hate them. It's just like, it's just like, 
why are you here? You know, like I, I'm just trying to enjoy my day. Why are you intruding on, you know, my, per so that's like the attitude I had to encounter dozens of times a day and then try to twist that into positivity to a point that they will actually yep. buy what I'm trying to sell. That experience actually lit, like when I put that on my CV and then the next year when we're playing for grad roles, it was like yep. really amazing because like university grades wise, like everything I was pretty consistent, but mm -hmm. suddenly I was getting heaps of like grad not offers, but like I was getting heaps of like, they were coming back to me for like and more interviews, more, you know, those testing centers. And I was like, whoa, what changed? Yeah, I think after God humbled me and I was like, okay, yo, like I'll give it up to you. And that yep. year I actually served a lot more like at church and at Student Life as well. And then, yeah, I just thought it was a, it was like a really yep. cool thing. And just whenever I think about it, it's like, it's like kind of God reminding me if I take my focus off myself, then he will lead me through my career, which yep. he has yep. been doing so far as well. One thing you mentioned about like applying for jobs and stuff. Do you feel like firms don't even care about GPA? Like unless you're talking about like top tier or like only uh, looking for the 0.1% of grads or whatever. Like it feels like, I don't, maybe it's because we're in New Zealand, but I don't re didn't really feel like I went like no one really asked me for my grades gpa wise okay it kind of depends on two things i think it depends on the type of company you're applying for right so for like the most like for prestigious grad roles they, they need to cut people off at some point so i think for the roles i was applying for it would be a i think a b plus gpa right so they did have a cutoff point they had a cutoff for you guys well well right. they, they had a cutoff that it's more like they'll ask you and you can still oh, apply you can still apply but then like if you're close right. to what they want, then they might like look at you and then consider the rest of your CV. Right, right, right. But if you're like a two, then yeah. they're just like, they're not going to look at thousands of CVs. Like they already look at thousands of CVs. So then I think they automatically so use that to skim off. The cream of the crop. Yeah, but script. I think yeah. I would say that like once your GPA is above a certain level that proves that you're not incompetent. Yeah. Then it doesn't matter that much. Then it like it really your soft skills come into play and stuff so i think yeah. anything above if you're like in an a minus to a plus range then it doesn't really matter okay so maybe so we're talking about, about like how we got into a job so maybe we can talk about now that we're working maybe for a couple months like what were the initial struggles that you faced man okay so i'll just share this story and it's right literally from the get-go of my career my uh -huh. very first exposure to like full-time work right or, corp yep. or maybe at the corporate world is a better because my sales job was technically a full-time role. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, or a 10 to the 9. <laughs> and, and I think a thing I did as well, I watched Suits. Like, I watched like two or three seasons of Suits before starting oh, yeah. work because I was like, I don't know, just hyping myself up for the corporate world. I was like, yo, I'm going to like, just like get it. I'm going to like get all these promotions. And then, right. Okay. And then, but like little did I know, like Kiwi culture is not like that. Well, what was the corporate culture depicted like in Suits? Because I've never watched it. Is it like cutthroat and like yeah. everyone, every yeah, man yeah. for themselves, like yeah, office think, politics? Yeah, I think a bit more cutthroat and a bit more like got to be on your game. Otherwise, you're going to get exposed. And right. like that's the message that like that's because when you're like just studying, you don't really know what full-time work is going to be like. You don't know what the like you just, I just had this idea of what I'm like, man, these guys are the guys that run our society like right they, like okay. they must and then i like they must be you know like like top grade Literally. and then yeah but then so i started and then my manager at the time he was like oh can you like research this topic because it was like a new law that was coming out and he just wanted a bit of like additional research done on it to help with his stuff yeah, yeah. so i was like yeah sure so then i was like 
boom, like locked in that morning, like researched three, four hours straight and I had all bullet pointed and all that. And then yeah. I kept trying to like ask him when, when he would like it by and like when he would like to discuss it. And then yeah. that was a Monday morning. And then he was just like, oh, like, do you think you'd be able to get it done by like Wednesday afternoon? And then, <laughs> and then I was like, oh my. And then basically I was just like, oh yeah, like, sure. Like that's, that's fine. And then I went to talk to my buddy who was a guy they assigned you as a, like your first point of contact. And I'm like, oh, like, oh, like a, pen, like a mentor. Yeah. Yeah. Like a mentor and shout out Fong. Oh, yeah. So he was my mentor and he's in my all time colleague hall of fame. <laughs> Okay. Um, cause he taught me a lot of the, yeah, he, like, he just gave me a lot of the insights of the, of yeah, what I'm true. about to share, I guess. And then he was just all like, right, yeah. he was just like, Oh, just chill, bro. Like <laughs> it's all good. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, just, just do some of your training. And then like, and then he was like, Oh, we can go out and buy ice cream. I'll show you, bro. It's all good. And then I think I was just real lucky to have a, like, cause he, he was super chill. So that was like my first adjustment. I was like, Whoa, like I had to try to understand what everyone's expectations were. And they just weren't that high, I guess right <laughs> and, and it helped because as i mentioned before i had no peers oh right so, so it's like i think it's like like a part of them didn't know what to do with me because they never had a grad before oh right so they're trying <laughs> to like think of things to give you but then they help they just hope that it would occupy you for longer yeah 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 well. yeah 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 so that's kind of the first thing i was like whoa like everyone's just trying to figure out what's going on yeah, yeah, I was trying to figure out what to do with myself. My, my, my mentor, my buddy guy was just like, I'll oh, just chill. And I saw that he'd have time to chill as well. Like once he manages stuff and then right. like, I look around and then everyone's chill. Well, it's not that everyone's chill. Like there's, some, <laughs> like there's definitely people working hard, but, and I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I guess fast forward a little bit. I ended up just finding work very mundane because I didn't care about my work at all. Like right. I had no interest in it. Like what I'm interested in is basketball, lifting weights, I don't know, like, like hobbies. Yeah, like yeah. my hobbies, like my faith, you know, <laughs> things that things that things that I would go and like search up myself and like learn more about proactively. Right. Yeah. Whereas for work, about. yeah, for work, it's just like if they say, Hey Elon, can you do this? Then I'm like very reactive. I'll be like, Okay, then I'll go and learn about this just so I can accomplish the task that they set for me. So I was just like, Oh man, like do I want to do this? I I would find it really hard when there'd be colleagues that are passionate about the job. And then they start talking about stuff and I'm just like, oh crap. I can't like just you say don't feel like that. Yeah. And then I kind of either have to pretend to care or I just have to excuse myself somehow. Right. So how did you overcome that then? So that man, it was, a lo- overcoming it? Nah, well, it was a long <laughs> process, right? It was a long process because like I, I went down there heaps of thoughts. I was like, man, like why did I choose this career path? Because the only reason I chose this career path is because I found statistics easy in high school. Therefore, mm-hmm. I studied a statistics degree and then I did finance because I wanted to do two degrees and then I did finance because mm-hmm. I didn't want to do accounting. It was just like, there was no reason, like particular reason I did what I did. I tried to min-max my degree. Like, right. I would take heaps of overlapping papers so that I would have to study less, but then I would still have like a good degree I could put on my CV. Oh, right. <laughs> so studying the minimum amount for the maximum amount of degrees you can have, I guess. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So, and that's like a philosophy I'm, um, I'm pretty big on. Just yeah. minimum effort, maximum results. Yeah, so I was very like disillusioned and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. like, but if I want to get married, because I was already dating Joe and I was very serious about her and I thought, but if I want to marry Joe, then I need to like have a job and I need to like, earn money. I can't yeah. just go study something else because I'm going to have so much debt. I'm going to be like, 
old when I finish. And I just had all these mm -hmm. thoughts. And I think yeah. a big moment for me was when I actually got to a point where I went and I interviewed at a gym. Okay. Because I was like, oh, okay, let me just like explore another career on the go. Right. Right. So was it just helping out as a trainer or something? Not as like a finance person for the gym or anything? No, 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 no. It was just to help yeah, out okay. as a trainer. Uh, I went to interview. And when I interviewed with the boss of that particular gym, and I'm not, I'm not hating on the fitness industry whatsoever because I'm currently studying a personal training <laughs> qualification. But yeah. it made me appreciate the colleagues I had at KPMG a lot more. Okay. <laughs> Let's put it like that because well, <laughs> basically well, like I went into the interview and then like he was basically as a gym that like it really like promoted this particular type of training. And then he was like, what do you think of this training? I'm like, oh, I think it's like, I think it's good for, you know, like people that it aligns with their goals. But I think, you know, there's heaps of great training for, you know, it all depends on your goals. For a wide range of people. Yeah, but and, he was like, and interesting he, stuff. but yeah. then he, he came back at me with something like, he was like, no, this is cutting edge. No one else in New Zealand does it like we do it. And then this is how we help our clients get the best results. And I was just like, yeah. bro, I can't communicate with this guy. Like this dude is like... <laughs> I was like this dude's this dude's a gym bro yeah he's a gym <laughs> yeah basically i was just like and then i imagined like working for him and just how much of a that would be the true struggle because at work i only had to deal with not caring about my work but i could do the work fine i could have proper conversations with my colleagues yeah. it was the whole grass is greener thing so while i was i, I was like very focused on like oh what could have been <clears throat> oh like mm -hmm. would i be loving something else way more like would i be way more passionate yeah. but that experience made me realize what I had in front of me was actually yeah. really, really good. And my friends would tell me that as well, because like when we, whenever we share work stories, my work experience just always seems so fantastic. Right. Like, I, yeah, because some people just have it really roughly. Like, it's not the worst example, like not the worst thing that can happen, but like just standing all day. Like, that's just like yeah, physically tired, yeah, yeah, tiring and yeah. stuff. So basically, like it, it shifted my mindset. Like my mindset, my mindset starting to shift to like appreciating all the good about the job i had and like the right. list was so long honestly and like the, the yeah. industry that i was in so i think that was a shifting point how did your mind sort of get over the fact that you weren't particularly passionate about the industry you were in or the career path that you had carved up for yourself yeah so that was a that was a huge one because i always kept thinking like man what if i could be working in something that i loved and i could be applying myself more mm -hmm. like wouldn't i be able to like be doing a lot more and like making a bigger difference or whatever yeah and <clears throat> i guess how i reconciled that was viewing life a bit more holistically right like my career does not define who i am and i am not mm -hmm. just my career right you know my job is it's, it's it's a place that i have to spend a lot of time but it's a place that I add value to society and I get compensated my salary as a result. Yeah. And earning money is something that I need to do as a responsible part of society. If I want to do anything, right. If I want to function, yeah. if I want to live, yeah. if I want to like rent a house, pay a mortgage, like get married, yeah. if I want to like eat out food, at a restaurant, hang out. yeah, like anything yeah. I need to be earning money. Mm -hmm. And this is my current earning money situation. So basically you, you sort of remove that emotional attachment to like your job in a way and just seeing yeah. it more like this is how I make money and yeah. this is what I need to yeah. do to make that and, money. And it's not like I don't have passions, but my passions don't necessarily need to earn me money, right? Like they right. don't, it's just that if you go down the wrong rabbit hole on like YouTube or Reddit or whatever, you'll encounter yeah. a whole group of people 
And like, that's the dangerous thing about all this like motivational stuff out there. If you go down that rabbit hole too much is, you know, mm-hmm. that whole quote of like, you know, if you love what you do you never work a day in your life. Yeah. And people like hold on to that. And it, and it presents to people and myself like a, almost like, Would it a, be like a false dream or false yeah, hope. It's like a false hope because really like statistically speaking, only a very select group of people and it's not necessarily even based on their capability it's maybe it's luck like luck has a lot to do with it that can Mm -hmm. allow them to overlap the two Mm. yeah i agree Um, and for a lot of people as well that do end up doing that it's like when your passion becomes your work it's no longer your passion because there's all these additional stresses and there's all these additional like uh Mm. factors that come along it almost like taints your passion in a way eh? Yeah, because yeah, when no, I saw, it's like some people talk about how they want to be game designers or even board game designers. Yeah, like yeah, doing that side stuff on the side, like you know, it's a passion project, and they become, you know, they become invested and like you know, they pour their heart into it. Mm. But then when you make it into a business, and then you think about oh, you might end up making a game that you don't necessarily like making. Like just you're making sell, it just for your sell, audience. Right? Like yeah when, yeah, when it's your mortgage payments and your livelihood that depends on your passion now yeah um i can yeah it can it's like you say it can kind of taint it and that made me really yeah. that was a key thing that i had to understand yeah yeah i think one thing as well for me that my dad sort of always kept talking about was when i was growing up i one of the first jobs that i kind of wanted to get into or one of the first dreams i had was to like become an animator and oh, yeah. i think because like seeing like Disney movies growing up and then seeing like Ghibli movies and stuff like, yeah, it's like, man, there's so much joy and so much storytelling that you can do like, yeah, by creating. But then I think at some point, for some reason, I just became like super wise and realized like, <laughs> like, I think I just read it on the internet one time, you know, that like that kind of animation is like yeah. 0.1% of like animators throughout the whole world. Right. And then for most some reason, they're just like, stuck. most people will get stuck with something that never gets watched by anyone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So then, so then, for some reason, that just stuck with me, and then I just became grounded and be like, "Oh yeah, like I'm okay, not doing that, like not doing, not pursuing it in a way." Because here's yeah, and then like the dangerous thing as well, or it's not. I mean, it's not a dangerous thing. Is like the people that you hear about promoting, you know, chasing your dreams and following yeah. your passions. Those are the people that have made it. Like yeah, they've the made it ones. by following their dreams and their passions. And then if you're listening yeah. to them talk about it, it's probably because they've made it so big yeah. Um, that, that there's someone that you want to list that, that they can talk to you. And like the thing is, it's usually people that do have to love what they do that yeah. end up getting to that high level. Mm. So, so there's so much bias in that because if someone followed their dreams and failed it and f- completely failed, like you're not going <laughs> to, like they're not going to be on any type of platform to be like, I followed my dreams and failed because yeah. Like why would yeah. you be listening to them? Yeah. Why would you? Yeah. Cause yeah. it's like, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to do what you're doing. <laughs> uh, exactly. I mean, which exactly. may be helpful, but yeah. Um, so, so that's, I guess that's the thing to be cautious of as well. And yeah, I just kept going down. I went through a phase where I was like, man, yeah, I gotta, I, I gotta make it happen. I gotta make it happen. And yeah, like I'm still kind of in, like, I still have that thought where, okay, how can I generate side income or like a side hustle with stuff that I, mm-hmm. I'm interested in my passions, but I think I'm a lot more grounded and a lot more realistic and yeah. how I see it. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's this other way. So I guess 
my first way is, you know, the grass isn't greener. So just being grateful for what I did have. Yeah. Second way was like taking a holistic view on my life. And yeah. this relates to, I'm like very, very cutthroat about work never coming into my personal time. Right. So to some other people, it might sound like almost trivial, but one of the most angry times I was at work, like I don't mind working overtime if mm-hmm. like my team needs me and if there's like a good reason for it and if right like and they've given you warning and stuff yeah for anyone that knows me as a person you know that i don't mind working hard mm-hmm. um and if, if it's like for the right leader and stuff like that but like yeah. one of the times was like this dude who i had no respect for because this he was a classic example oh, of a guy who just, he just talked his way up his career so he just worked and he just works long hours for no reason he doesn't actually produce any work he just talks and goes out for beers with people and you know like everyone probably knows the type of guy like that right and he didn't quite understand what we're doing but he insisted that he needed this particular piece of work done by the end of that day like by the next morning and we didn't need to do that but then like i had to basically i was forced to do it and i had a basketball game at like 7 p.m Uh uh-huh and like basketball to me is very important i hate missing games like i love like that's what i I look forward to like not not even your own selfish and like desire, but like it's also letting your team down, right? Yeah, exactly. You exactly. To be uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so I was like in a mood, but then I basically I ended up I just rushed through it. That's probably the hardest uh-huh. I worked my whole life. I rushed through it, <laughs> and I didn't really care <laughs> yeah. about the quality because I was like, man, if you're gonna do this to me, then like, like that's how like, like some like, people will be this. like, yeah, like I don't really care because <laughs> worst case scenario. Like people don't really, I mean, like I don't want to make light of people getting fired, but I knew that yeah. I wasn't at risk of getting fired. And right. I also knew that that worked. And so then I just, yeah, I just. Like, it's like low risk, basically. I basically just left and I went to play my basketball game. Right. Like I, oh, I you did didn't it. finish it? Well, I, I think I finished it super quick. Okay. Um, but those are like very, some of the like few examples because normally yeah. I, I leave, like when I leave work, like it's gone. Like I never, some people be like, Oh yeah, I thought about this while I was showering last night. I'm like, man, why are you thinking about work while you shower? Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, some people um, just, just can't turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess for me, I just kept work very separate and I knew what the purpose of my job was and it wasn't to stress me out while I wasn't at work. So, <laughs> Wait, so what was the outcome? Did you, so did you, so you went and played? Did yeah. you receive any like repercussions or anything? Like, like what happened? Like, I don't even remember. That's how little I care about it. Oh my! Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> like I was, I was over it. And um. Oh right. Okay. Okay. I got you. Like, so for some people, you're saying for some people, they would have stayed and probably even had to skip, like, give up their basketball game. Yeah. And like, stayed to like finish it. Yeah. Finish it or, well. Or, or like to make sure that, or like, that, that their image isn't tarnished or whatever, whatever. Right. <clears throat> or whatever. Right. Um, I wasn't about that game. Yeah. Because, yeah. And what I decided for myself at that point was I decided what I wanted to do to move forward in my career. Like I'll just do, I'll just get the average like rating and that'll guarantee right. me getting promoted. Right. Because it's very hard to get below the average rating. And it's also quite hard to get above the average rating, but it's really like, you just got to do what you got to do and you just, right. You, yeah. So C's get degrees. Let's go. 
<laughs> well, I mean, it's more. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I don't endorse that. C's get degrees, but they don't necessarily get you that much else. Okay. <laughs> go get them A's. Okay. Go, go okay. get them A's, but don't work too hard. Get the A's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. So to summarize your one, so basically, you you sort of counted your blessings and like realized how good your job was. Yeah. And then basically, you also like realized that your career wasn't like everything. Like yeah, it's not yeah. doesn't have to be everything in your life, and so when you when you positioned it like that, then you could like oh see that you can like enjoy other stuff while using the job as a way to like make money because you need to make money. Yeah, yeah, and I think like one small thing which relates to those. I mean, it's actually not a small thing, and it's a lesson I'm still learning now is like when I bring it back to that whole internship thing and how like you know those moments when I when I got the grad role and when I first came into, you know, this industry, I felt like, like God was very involved. Yeah. In it. Um, yeah. And if God placed me here and if he's been opening the doors in my career, there must mm-hmm. be a reason and there must be like a way I should be using this job. Yeah. In a useful way. Right. So that's something I'm, you know, it's a work in progress that I'm still learning yeah. at the moment. It's yeah. just, if I earn more money, then I tithe more, <laughs> then I demand more. <laughs> more donuts, um, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. maybe it's a maybe it's a simple thing of like, you know, I mentioned it before, but my whole family is in full time ministry, and you don't make mm-hmm. a lot of money when you're in full time ministry. So, if I could do anything to ease like the financial burden, family wise, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's yeah. kind of stuff that I, another perspective that I had as well. It's yeah. just yeah appreciating yeah what god's given me and not making light of it yeah awesome okay so i guess that's a lot about some of the things that i thought through and and went through in my first couple years of working how about Mm. yourself sid i'm just gonna drink oh i'm nearly done (laughs) how's that learning (laughs) char all right Maybe we should like give away like a tub of protein, but then it's probably too intense for our, some of our casual listeners. They don't even want protein. Everyone loves gongcha. Yeah, that's true. Bro, gongcha, I ordered gongcha the other day. It took like 10 minutes. It's like so good. It's like better than level level zero. What, 10? Oh, but you were there in person? Yeah, to pick up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I started getting cool. gongcha when I got Nando's the other night. Oh, yeah, that's, all, that's why we went for it. Oh, maybe, okay. maybe next week. So my biggest uh, struggle when I was transitioning to full-time work was my time management. So I think the reason why I want to talk about this one is throughout the years, everyone asked me like, how do I have so much time? And I think, um, I think cause I talk to you a lot. I find I, I find I don't have enough time cause you actually do a lot more than I do. Uh, and, and I think one thing to sort of drive things to kick things off is to talk about priorities. So one thing that has always stuck with me in university was the idea that you prioritize what's important to you. Right. So I think the the mentor that sort of shared that to me was, I think I was struggling with time management back then as well. I was like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm a youth group leader now. And, you know, I'm really struggling to find time for architecture. Um, Cause you know, if you study architecture, you have to, it's, it's basically assignments, but assignments that don't have a, you can't complete it in a way. Yeah. They're almost yeah. incompletable. Oh man, the that, that, that sounds rough, man. 
I, I would hate that. <laughs> I would hate that so much. I think, I think that's how I relate to those people that uh, like think about, oh, I was thinking about this when I was showering. Because that's actually what you're doing the whole time. Like when you're taking a break, you're still thinking like, oh, I wonder how I can solve that. Or yeah, how can true. I add this to it? Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. In, the design, in the design creative type career and space. Yeah, exactly. So there's, all, there's always something you can improve on. Yeah. And, and, and I think the, the classic saying is like, it's, never fin- it's not finished until you submit it, basically. Right. right. So yeah, I was struggling with doing, you know, fitting in architecture, fitting in leading at church, uh, fitting in you know, my own time, um, gymming, all that sort of stuff. And basically... Oh, later, later Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, to be fair... <laughs> Like if we have met two times a week, I feel like I think I feel like pretty bad thinking about it. Anyways, yeah, go go take it out on a date, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and one thing was he he made the I think he made an observation even like he asked me if I had any mature students doing architecture, so I said yes. There's like two of them um, out of a hundred, and he said yeah. Like if you think about it, like they leave. Yeah, I think it was an older guy in architecture. Now that I think about it. Um, he's like, oh yeah, so you know they leave, you know, studio at like five o'clock. They go home, make like cook dinner, look after their kids, pick up their kids. Like, do you think that they don't have enough time for their degree? And that really made me think because what he was trying to teach me was that I mean, basically, it's just what the saying is talking about. You prioritize what's important to you. So if you need to pick up your kids at three o'clock, then it means you have to prioritize what you do nine till two o'clock. Yeah. So that you can ensure that you like can pick up your kids still. Cause then when I compared it to myself, yeah, yes, I'd get there at eight thirty and I'd stay till like five forty five. But like was I hundred percent productive then? Like I wasn't. Like I was taking naps after lunch or you know, watching YouTube or like streaming games and stuff. Like I wouldn't I was there, but I wasn't using it productively. Right. Yeah, because that's kinda like the saying it reminds me of I think it's a variety of that, which is um when like you're never too busy to do something mm. you, you just mean crap it's like oh, what's the saying it's like so it's so nicely worded in the quote i'm thinking of like, <laughs> okay i'll look it up basically it's just as like you're never too busy it's just not a priority nobody is too busy it's just a matter of priorities no nah, it sounds better than that it's just like when you say no, like oh, yeah, never too busy to take time out of your day for those who matter most. No, nah, that's so long. No, 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 no. It's um. <laughs> wait, wait, let me try. <laughs> let me try word it on the on the fly. Like oh, it's not about having time. It's about making time. Oh, no, I mean, I mean, that's good. That's good. But it's like <sighs> okay. Like what you're really saying when you say you're too busy is you're saying it's oh, not a priority. Oh, here we go. Oh, okay. I thought you were going with the juicier version. Like you're not important to me. Well, I mean, yeah, is that, is you're not a priority. So if you say I'm too busy, like I'm too busy for church or I'm too busy to play basketball or I'm too busy to do this. You like, yeah. no one's too, like everyone's the same busy because everyone's yeah. spending 24 hours a day. Yeah. It's just a matter of how you, like what you prioritize and what you are and what you choose mm. to do with that time. Mm, mm. So that's pretty much the gist of what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So then, um, because that sort of stuck with me and that convicted me to, you know, always make time, no matter how busy I was with my like architecture degree, I would still yeah. make it to Friday fellowship. Yeah. And I, and I tried to like, I basically did that the whole time, unless I had like a Saturday exam or something. Right. Um, or like something really big to hand in on Friday night. Like it was just something that I kept to. 
So when with that mindset moving into working, I found it really hard because, you know, I'd be working nine to five and then I would just go home and then I'll just be shattered. Like I'd be sleeping on the bus and then I'd find, yeah, I was making time for the things that I was doing, but it was hard to enjoy them because I was so, so tired. tired. Yeah. And also I also found like, uh, because my commute changed slightly, um, like because my work was different to where university was, um, it, it really impacted on what things I, I could want to achieve. So yeah. then at the start, I thought I just had too high expectations. I, I thought I was just trying to do too many things. Yeah. Um, and one, like, and one uh, in, in a weeknight. Yeah. So then uh, I, I kind of quizzed you about it. And then basically, I mean, nothing new. It's just scheduling your time into slots. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I think basically I had like a really ordered schedule week to week. And I think by keeping to that, I knew that I could get the most out of like what I want <laughs> out of life at that point in time. When you, say time, when you say time slots, like when you say slot into time, like put your time in the slots. Yeah. What do you mean by that? So I meant like, uh, so every weeknight I would sort of put it into two chunks of time. Cause I think one hour is a little bit too little to do anything. Yeah. Um, that you really want to do. So basically I think I put it into two, two hour chunks. Um, so this was, this was post dinner and I could do two things basically every night right. before I sleep. Right. So yeah. So then I would just schedule out my week, schedule out, not necessarily my weekend, but by doing that, then I could have more realistic expectations and then yeah. finding the sort of time frame to like achieve the things that I want. So for example, so I started gymming at, fourth year in uni and I stayed consistent, stayed consistent with that. Yeah. So three to four times a week. And then I got to working and then I was like, crap, like how am I going to fit this? Like, this is like too intense. But then I realized it really worked for me when I realized the time slot thing was that, Oh yeah, I can actually just gym once or twice in the weeknight and then twice on the weekend when I have more time and I can actually achieve what I still want to achieve. Yeah. I think it's when I have those expectations of productivity and I don't meet up to them. That's when I like get wrecked and then I get like real sad. Like, Oh, like what's the meaning of life? Well, I can't progress. Like and you're just disappointed like, in yourself. Run. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like expectations. It's like expectations versus reality. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So do you think that helped you? Cause you said that you were shattered after work, but yeah. then, but then you just went and slotted in like two things to do. So how did yeah. you bridge to that? Like, how did, did you just yeah. adapt to like work so that work was less tiring or? Yeah. Uh, I think, so I mean, basically there's two things to it, like sleep, like managing my sleep a bit better and also my energy levels. So when I was in uni, like sleeping at 12 was like the baseline. It's like, yeah. like feels like I'm making the most out of the day. Yeah. But when I started working, I realized the later I slept, um, I wasn't actually creating more time. I was just borrowing it from the next day. Oh, so, so if I kept borrowing it from the next day, like Drop the mic. At, the, at, the, <laughs> at the end of the week, like I, like my sleep debt was just laters. Right. So then like on, I found on weekends, like, especially at the start, I would have to like nap for like, I don't know. I just had to sleep a lot more, <laughs> but then when I realized, Oh, actually, okay. I need to, I need to pair it back like 11 o'clock and then like, I just kept trying to experiment with how much sleep I needed yeah. and trying to find like, like trying to get a regular sleep pattern. Yeah. And then 
another one was like that help of my energy levels was like my nutrition as well. So then trying to make sure that I eat enough and then trying to like, basically what I also did was I also started drinking coffee a lot more and yeah. I think that has really helped me. And I know that there's, <laughs> you know, a lot, I mean, TLDR, just drink the caffeine. Yeah. Just drink coffee. Yeah. <laughs> like I know like people say like, don't get addicted and stuff, but I think at this point in my life, like there's a lot of things I want to try do. I'm okay with being addicted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, and I it's mean, proven that right caffeine now. is not like harmful for you. And, and the, like you can have like three, four cups a day and there's no research that definitively says it's harmful for you. It's like, there's always two, two yeah. sides debating it vigorously. I mean, that's the buzzy thing about nutrition. Eh? Like there's like, no hard and fast rule like yeah. there's so many different studies and yeah yeah so um so i mean even speaking at this moment you. before this podcast so i had work today and then i mean working from home is a little bit different but um still is mentally taxing i would argue and then had bible study and then i'm um, drinking some coffee protein shake <laughs> and then recording <laughs> a podcast. so let's get it <laughs> yeah like on the time slot thing Cause I can really relate with that. Cause as Sid mentioned before, he chatted with me throughout this, this period. And I, yeah, I kind of got really big into like productivity and like maximizing yep. my time from, mm -hmm. I think from somewhere, I don't know. It was like after I started dating Joe. So shout out Joe, find you a woman that makes you a better man. But, Oh, cause, <laughs> cause before that, like, you know, I was just like, I just wanted to play Dota and play basketball and, like I wasn't very motivated person, mm -hmm. but then at some point, like, I don't know how, but we're like, Oh yeah, we're going to maximize our time. And then mm -hmm. from that moment, I was just like, Oh yeah, it makes sense to just wake up early. And then I like started waking up early to go gym. And I was just like, yeah. Oh, this feels mean. Like, and then especially I think after I started working and because I knew that I was going to marry Joe and I knew that I wanted kids and I still want kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like a lot of things were under time constraint. Right. Like I know that when I have a kid, I'm going to have to like sacrifice a lot for the kid and I'm, and I'm like fully expecting and happy to do so. But mm -hmm. at the same time, like that doesn't mean I shouldn't be trying to do the things I want to do before that point. Mm. So basically like to take, to put it into perspective, um, the year leading up to my wedding after work, I would fit in like four time slots. Yeah. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I was already like i wasn't i wouldn't say i'm content with two but then i was just like damn like i'm like so owned at like 11 o'clock like yeah so it was pretty ridiculous. crazy like i don't like i don't endorse this to be honest but there was just a lot that i wanted to do because i was trying to do a startup because i was going through my whole career thing so i was just like yo i gotta do a startup so i can quit yeah. my job yeah. um and then like find a passion in a different field but then in the meantime i was studying for a professional qualification for my career because I was yeah. just like, I'll just do this because that's just what people do when you're in my like, industry. You just study for, yeah. it was like a two year professional studies. Like it, it was, it was no joke. Yeah. I was wedding planning and I was still playing basketball like three, four times a week and still mm. gymming like three, four times a week. Mm. And I was still seeing Joe every day. Mm. So then I was like, crap, I, I don't want to give up any of it. And I was still, <laughs> and I still like never dropped. I was still like in band. And I was leaving his fellowship. Oh, oh my. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so like, 
yeah i don't even know i don't really know how i did it to be honest we even had like one year or like seven months of like discipleship as well training so that was one night a week as well yeah every but, second week or something. but basically I, I was like mind blown because i'm like if i could fit four slots you take four times five which is your weeknights that's 20 slots and each slot is like two hours you yeah. can do so much and then like the weekends you have like seven or eight slots yeah and then like think about like imagine if you committed to doing something for two hours a day how much progress you can make on whatever that is that just sounds like my animal crossing right now <laughs> bro it's way more than two hours a day <laughs> um yeah and then to do that i like went into polyphasic sleeping oh yeah that's i'll right. just briefly touch on that which is like i don't i mean you can try it out if you're interested but um basically what i did was i slept only four and a half hours every night and i would take 20 minute naps to make up for the lost sleep and then the mm -hmm. idea is like you're perpetually so tired that you can get into deep sleep really quickly <laughs> in your naps. <laughs> and then you like regain the benefits of your lost sleep like or like most of the benefits of your lost sleep right like a lot faster right yeah yeah but so was this like, was this from kobe uh it wasn't from Kobe, but Kobe definitely was kind of like this because he was like a workhorse. Oh, okay. Because he, right. yeah, he was famous for saying he only sleeps like three, four hours a night. And then he was famous for like going for his midnight workouts. And... It seems ridiculous to me. Like, like, and he was like athletically like at his peak as well. Well, not full peak, but yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So like a typical day would be, it would feel, it felt really amazing because I would finish work at five. I would get home like 5.30 and it would feel like my day had just begun because right. at that point I was sleeping super late. So from five to seven, like five, like to six from to six to eight, I would have a slot. So for example, I yeah. might go gym and then eight to 10, I might have, I might go see Joe or I might do some wedding planning and then like 10 to 12, um, I could go, I'll go home and I'll study or I'll do some like, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll work on like the startup and then, yeah. From like 12 to 2, I'll do another thing. Yeah. And then... Yeah, it's just ridiculous. And then I was just and like... You're still, oh. working, you're still working 9 to 5 as well, like the next day. Yeah. So a major key and a blessing that KPMG had at the time was they had a wellness room. So it was a room that you could go in and you could lock... <laughs> I don't know where lock, this is going. <laughs> you could lock the door and then you could just take naps. And it's like, basically, right. it's like a sick bay, but they call it wellness. So I'm like, well, this is contributing to my wellness. Yeah. And then, um, so I'd go in to take my 20 minute naps. So basically that was time slot to the extreme. Yeah. I mean, even if you reduce that, that third one or the fourth one, like sleeping at 12 is not, you know, out of the question. If, especially if you wake up at seven or seven thirty, like, you know, an extra time slot over five weeknights, it's like still a significant amount yeah, of time. Crazy. That's it's 10 crazy. hours. I think, I think that was only, that helped me transition a bit to work because it felt like I didn't have to give up anything. Mm. Like if anything, it felt like I was more focused and yeah. I could do more, but it's only possible for sure. If you're not married <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> and if you're not living, I'd say if you're living alone, then that is like when this is most feasible or flatting. Right. Yeah. I think, I think, think thinking back on it now, I think it, it wasn't so much more time management, but all, almost just a realignment of my expectations, to be honest. Right. I think knowing that I couldn't achieve as much as I wanted or that I just needed to innovate, like how I needed to approach things. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not just, just, not just expect things to stay the same. Yeah. Because at university, you know, like that's like the most, like that's like the time of your life where it's like so flexible. Like you could, you know, you don't even have to be at uni. Like as long as you delivered, like most professors or lecturers didn't care. And like, you know, assignments were flexible. Like, I mean, like even with lecture recordings, like you don't even need to go. So then it's like so flexible. Uh, like even holidays as well. Like so many hol- like you get so much. And then once you get into work, it's like, oh, you get two weeks a year. <laughs> yeah. So did you have to adjust, like, did that take any adjustment to your mindset? Because then before it was always like, there was always a break to look forward to. Mm. Once you start working, there's no, um, there's no break unless you especially take it. Yeah, I think, I think interning helped a lot. And then and through interning, I realized how different I worked at work compared to at uni. Because at uni, you'd, you'd sort of like face an, op- like you're, you're designing, you face an obstacle, can't get your head around it, take a break kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And then rinse and repeat. But then for work, it's always quite clear cut what your task needs to be. Right. And then also, um, I realized I could actually, you know, sit down and work for eight hours, like straight. Damn, what a like, I mean, you take lunch breaks and stuff, but like, and I think what really helped me was the, the mini breaks were kind of formed by New Zealand statu- statutory holiday, um, holidays. Like at the start of the, <laughs> the year public holidays yeah oh right 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 like the december so, so like waitangi day like yeah, like Auckland anniversary waitangi day uh what's the next one easter right, anzac right. day like and if you those take some, like, and if you take some leave between like christmas and new year's as well yeah exactly but then you drop from like th- three breaks a year to one break I mean, to be fair, as a university student, like, what, what, what are you even doing that you need breaks? You know, you just play games. So then... <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So I think all I found was, as long as I was... I think for me, like, productivity is also quite an important value to me. So yeah. then, if I felt like I was still working towards my goal, like, no matter how small or how big or small the time I was investing each day, I would still feel like, oh, yeah, today was a good day. Yeah, because I, I wouldn't say I necessarily felt like I was progressing as much at work. Right. Yeah, I think. I mean, to wrap up the pod, why don't we talk about? Because I think one thing that, even from personal experience, a lot of our friends deal with, um, in terms of what you mentioned about like just doing stuff after work, is just how tired people get. Mm. So I think we've been able to still, I'd say, like you know, do. A fair amount outside of work and like you mm-hmm. like maintain those energy levels yeah like i don't know just just get after like out of work stuff yeah what would you say is like your biggest key i know you like we talked about this before but if yeah there was like a biggest key someone's listening to this right now and they're just like wrecked and they're like man work is just draining them completely what would you say is like a important thing that they could think about or try out Oh, I don't know. I feel like this is a hard one to follow, but like you got to find something you're passionate and something that you enjoy. Right. Because when I hit the gym, like I'm enjoying the challenge of trying to hit a new PR or trying to jump higher or, you know, there's like a lot of things that I can do to like improve and be like, Oh yeah, that was a good session. Yeah. Whereas I think for a lot of people, because exercising or gymming isn't really a lifestyle thing, like, it's it, beca- it's it becomes a chore and yeah, i think when it becomes a chore it's not enjoyable yeah so and i think as well with outside of work stuff i think about 
like my outside of work stuff a lot more than my work sometimes. Like I'm just so keen to like just go and do it. So then yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm getting at? Like it's just yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like just gotta find something you really enjoy, and then and then you look forward to doing that. Like you look forward to doing the stuff after work instead of feeling like you have to. Yeah, and I think okay, well, yeah, and I think a good example here is like like leading a small group at church. Yeah. So I think for a lot of people, that's like a lot of hard work because you have to prepare topics and, you know, it's hard to prepare or, you know, like you don't necessarily feel the same endorphins that you get from say you like working out or fitness in general. Yeah. Yeah. But what I really found enjoyable about leading was seeing everyone on Friday and then like adding value to their lives or like teaching them something in a different way. And I think when I did that successfully, like, I don't know. It almost, almost makes me sound like an endorphin addict. Like I'm just chasing that high. But <laughs> in some ways, I think I am. So because, because I found that they enjoyed it and I was providing value into their life and I was building into their life and that these, this would have like, you know, eternal consequences. Mm. I was just like, man, like this is so good. Like this is like meaningful. Yeah. And in the same way with like gymming and stuff, it's like, oh yeah, I'm looking after my body. I can still, like I'm not getting weight so I can still eat whatever I want. Like, like, this is like so good. I found like, is it almost like finding like the best way to just sort of challenge or like challenge yourself or to make it enjoyable for yourself? And then, and then when you have those, like when you think about your activities like that, then it's not tight. They're, they're almost energy giving rather than energy draining, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. It's almost like if you think about how hard it is to wake up super early to do something you don't want to do, right? So say you set your alarm early and you're like, oh, say it's like a chore or, you know, you have to do, yeah, like say you have to wake up just to do chores before something or you have an appointment you don't want to go to. It's like such a grind. But you know that feeling of waking up when you've like, when it's, you've booked a holiday and it's the morning of the holiday. Yeah, exactly. And you're just like, boom, like, let's go. Let's go. (laughs) don't care how much sleep I had the night before. Yeah. If you can, yeah, I guess, I mean, it's hard to just say yeah, but how do you find that? Like, that's that's a hard part, right? Yeah, I guess, and that's really important. I think just having goals, it's like what you said. It's, if you view, like, your life, your job is not your life. Your life is your life, like, your whole life. Like, what do you want to do with your mm-hmm. life? Mm-hmm. It can't just be to get be tied by your work. Mm-hmm. So, if you're, if you take the work out of your life for a second, then, you know, like, what yeah. are you doing? And what are you trying yeah. to achieve? Yeah. What's bringing you joy? What value are you adding to other people's lives? How yeah. are you improving? And if you can't answer that question, I think it starts with answering that question. Yep. And I think as well with that, I think that joy and passion part could also be tied to your work. Mm. So an example is like, say for architecture, you know, like competitions is like quite a common thing. Right. So there may be these mini competitions where like, oh, you've got to design this urban park um, you've got three weeks submission is here. Like, I think like it doesn't have to be not related to work. I think if you're really interested and really passionate about, you know, design yeah. and all that sort of stuff, I think that, it, you know, that makes it even more energetic because after work, you know, you've thought about it during the work and then you've ex- encountered something sort of similar and then you want to bring it into your design and see how that works. Like, I don't know, that just sounds like invigorating, right? Cause you're like constantly applying yourself and improving yeah. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think I actually think that's a major key. Like once you, 
like if you like if you want to achieve something and you want to like move forward and you like when you like doing something you don't get tired you know like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah like i think i think sorry i just keep branching but like like with registration last year like yeah it was tiring but i was learning so much and i was like you know trying to like i think as a gamer you try to break the rules or bend it as much as you can so like right. you know if like say something happens and it's like oh but are you sure like what if it you know when has this become this or all that sort of stuff like it's like yeah. that constant thing just kept me going right and i guess and as a parting point because i guess i just echoed your point mm-hmm. um a parting point is uh, this is kind of risky advice but the approach that I've taken personally <laughs> is... Uh-oh, here we go. No, because we're talking about capacity, basically, right? So one way of like capacity is you do things which energize you instead of drain you. And then that way you okay. don't get as tired as easily. But yep. another way of not getting tired as easily is you increase your work capacity, your mental capacity, and your ability just to like do things. Yeah. Yep. And like anything, it's like in the gym. You know, you lift, you start off lifting 10 kilos... And then you get used to it and then you challenge yourself of 11 kilos. You get mm-hmm. used to it and you challenge yourself of 12 kilos and you get used to it and so forth. And then before you know it, you know, you're lifting 40 kilo dumbbells. Yep. Um, and I think life is... <laughs> you're just telling people, you're just telling people to do progressive overload. Of pretty them. much. But in life, because <laughs> that's what I, I think that's what I've done. Like, right. Okay. You know, you just, you, you just... Polyphasic is like your peak. Well, yeah, because back then, I mean, I loaded up so hard. Now I feel like, yeah, like, yeah, you now every, everything is like a breeze. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, um, if you just take on that commitment, like if you're not sure if you should do something, you're like, oh, would I be too tired? Is that going to wreck me? I don't know if I'm ready for it. Just do it first. But unless like, think about what's the worst case scenario. If it's just, if, if the worst case scenario is just you getting too tired, then you can just yeah. stop it later. But you may as well just do it. Or you're too pragmatic, if, man. See if you can adapt to it. If you can adapt to it, like, sweet. And then you can just pick up the next thing, adapt to it, and yeah. then pick up the next thing. And then before you know it, like, your work capacity yeah, is increased. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, that's probably... Yeah, I think, like, I mean, it's almost like you just got to... I think, I think when you're in that plateau, that's when we like what's the what's the opposite of thrive like we rot when we don't learn it's like the like there is no staying still right you're either moving forward or you're going backwards yeah if we're not learning then like i think if we're in the mindset of constantly learning and constantly improving that's when yeah. we thrive the most right 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 because i think when you like you mentioned before when you you know when you hit that corporate life is this it plateau nine to five yeah, oh, it just sounds so boring. Yeah, but then it's like it's like soul destroying. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, um, hopefully you guys have something outside of work that you're passionate about, and if you don't, just try something out. Um, and I'm sure you know maybe maybe um, picking up an old hobby, or you know maybe just be as simple as sim- simple as connecting with people or connecting with friends. Like it could be anything you're passionate about. To be yeah, honest, as long as you can look forward that, to it. Yeah, and I think when you're constantly looking forward to the next thing, like that's really healthy for your mindset and then yeah. it contextualizes like what your work is to you and yeah so leave any comments in our, on our instagram uh, follow us so you know um, when our next episode is and hope you guys found this episode 
enjoyable. Beneficial for your mind, body, and soul. Oh, let's go. <laughs> right. Oh, oh my. my.